Welcome to High Cheese, bi-weekly rundown of the latest from Major League Baseball and the 22-team score sheet Fantasy League at Fuels. I'm Darren Clark, joined again by Mal Romanen, Jesse Seguin, and Bobby Cross, four of the other owners in that Keeper Score Sheet League. We begin the podcast with us wrapping up, of course, a fierce hockey debate before quickly moving on to chatting about the last two weeks in Major League Baseball, including topics such as Therapy Rabbits, the Dodgers-Padres series, Williams asked to deals quote-unquote fastball, and the Blue Jays' defensive woes. From a score sheet perspective, we discuss lineup strategies, menacing opponents, and the merits of drafting Anthony Ghost. We also dig into the mystery of who amongst our crew had a TV on while we were recording the last podcast, and Mal's tendency to freeze on a Zoom call with his mouth agape. Again, a link to our league's webpage is in the podcast description if you want to check out the goings on there. In the meantime, thanks for joining us. Enjoy. Skating was chasing forward. Wheeler would have reached for the puck and still probably ran him over in the process. I got so, one word. I got one word for Jesse's defense. That's yeah. poppycock. Oh, come on. <laughs> To me, yeah. it was. I don't make me ground. say the word poppycock again. I personally think he just stood his ground after turning to make a pass off the off the play of the puck, and oh, I, ran I, into him. I, I don't think he stood his ground. He laid him up pretty good. Like like he jumped into him. He, he jumped, jumped back, Jesse. I don't Come think on. He did. I don't think he did. Really, I don't think he did. Well, he's Rasmus Sandin. He's not exactly you know Tom Wilson there. I mean, well, what was Tom he, Wilson? You think Wheeler would have led the same play if it was somebody bigger than that? Well, I think Sandine did jump into him, hence the well, collision. You know what I mean? Now, like I see Darren's point there. I, I, he turned his back and then jumped into him, I'd say. And it was only when I saw the replay. When I saw it first, I'm like, holy smokes, he smoked. And then I, the replay shows him take turn his back and then launch into him. But, I mean, <laughs> I like Jesse. <laughs> there he is. How's the basement, Bobby? Oh, he's still, still. There's always like an adjustment period here (laughs) for Bobby getting prepared and hunkering down over top of. (laughs) Bobby and I had a really interesting game today. Game? One of our games. We played each other. We did. And Bobby ended up getting death by one of his boys. Oh, really? Tyler O'Neill played one game this week crushed my pitcher my pitcher so what he did off castillo ended up being transferred to bauer this is only seems fair as funny seems how it fair. works right seems yeah, fair. yeah so yeah a couple interesting games bobby let us know when you're good to go my friend uh i'm just turning up the volume nice <laughs> I had a great game. Bumgarner pitched a perfect game for me, actually. A perfect game? Yeah. Per- he had nine inning perfect game. Seven a games. They gave him nine. They gave yeah. him nine. Nine. In- well, he I had two starts, but. I got yeah. Nick Pavetta throwing seven no-hit innings at me. Wow. And then, and then getting removed from the ball game. <laughs> That's <laughs> why Nick Pavetta doesn't happen. Sean Doolittle gave up the no-no in the eighth. So, uh, I, but I did lose 3 nothing for that one. On a complete game by uh, Oihara, whatever the, my 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 little Asian friend there. I know I can't say that. Mel froze. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, a clip, it's a cliffhanger. I was like, it's a cliffhanger on a complete game by, and then his mouth was frozen. Like my little Asian friend. My little Texas Asian friend there. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's pitching great, actually. He's pitching well. Well, he got whacked. He got whacked this week. Um, He got whacked one outing, I think. Okay. I don't think it was. He pitched eight innings for me. He has like seven pitchers or something they were saying the other day. There's something green about him or whatever like that. Seven different pitchers. Well, of course. I mean, (laughs) right. He fills the stereotype, right? (laughs) All coming from all different spots. Lots of (laughs) lots of movement. Not a lot of velocity. So. I think the idea was we'll we'll get into some of our results in a moment because there were some yeah. interesting ones for sure, uh, and then maybe we'd start with kind of a round table of this week's or the last couple of weeks major league baseball events and what we noted, and I think we could start with last night's game. How yeah. great of a game! Bomb? No, 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 no. The San Diego Los Angeles oh, game oh, last night. The Dodger game. It's funny because Bobby, Jesse, and I were messaging last night, and I pulled Jesse into the game. I think because I was complaining about Vespurgeon, yeah. yeah. and and you know I was in a bit of a I was grinding it out last night. I was a little bit. I was tough. I was being tough on our boy Vespurgeon. I think I said he's coming across dumber than a Rod, which I didn't <laughs> think was possible, and that's unfair that's to nice. Vespurgeon. He's better nice. than that. But Bobby and I, I think, both kind of checked out at the same time in the game. It was 7-1 to one for Los Angeles. And we're like, you know what, forget it. This game's over. Price was about to come in when I left. And then I check back in the chat before I go to bed, and I see Jesse talking to himself. <laughs> it, was like a one, it was a one-man chat window. And he's like, man, the San Diego just hitting single after single after single. And I'm like, come on, turn on the TV. And I couldn't believe it was seven to seven. And then from that point on, there was so many fascinating things, yeah. right? You <laughs> had Kershaw pinch hitting at one point because these guys got like a three-man bench. With you the had, bases loaded. You had Nelson. Mel, remember when I told you I thought Mel, Nelson was trash and you're like, he just yeah. struck out the side. Well, yeah. <laughs> he turned he turned back into a pumpkin last night. But the funny thing was, after blowing the lead, you know, and they're late in the game, he caged somebody, Tatis. <laughs> and stared him down. And he, they stared him down. They're like, you can't stare down a guy after you just blew a save. You have – that's a no stare down kind of rule. But I, I that's – anyway, I'm setting up that game. But I thought that that damn series, as much as it was hyped, has been as good un- or better. Unbelievable. unbelievable. The series was great. I will admit I didn't watch last night's game. I saw a bunch of the other ones. I was locked in on those savers. <laughs> I know. I apologize, and I, I the sabers on. I this. should. There's something that I should be penalized for there. Darren yeah. trips me for watching the least still, and you know you're watching the same. <laughs> right. That's a whole different degree of just like self loathing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But uh, yeah, how about that series? Like that was just unbelievable, and the, the Tatis just completely going off. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, he's a pretty good ball player. Yeah, he's not so bad. He's not he's a so bad. Good ball player. Yeah, yeah. Is is do you think the pen is like the Achilles heel for the Dodgers? Because I was saying to Bobby last night, I'm like, you know what the difference is between these two lineups? Because we had had a debate about the quality of them offensively, and I have to say, I I is saw a lot a of Bobby's. Well, Bobby pointed out that there's a lot of really good guys in San Diego, and particularly with some of the injuries on LA, that they match up. You know, it's it's fairly even. But I said the big difference to me are is you see it in Muncie and Turner, just grinding the hell out of pitchers. 
Like you got to, when you're a pitcher and you're facing Turner and Muncie, you're working, you're working a lot. And that's just two guys in the lineup. Um, and you know, they have, who's your shortstop there, BC? Uh, Seager. Seager. I mean, another fantastic hitter. There's so many guys. The that lineup are- is unbelievable. I, I don't think they match up quite the same. I think, San Diego. But I just don't think San Diego matched the same way offensively. Offensively. You BC, know what I mean? Obviously, should... that's the rotation. BC, what's your take on it at this point now about San Diego versus LA? Well, I mean, they haven't disappointed so far. It's been a close series. And I think San Diego's they made a lot of moves, of course, but they're they're sneaky good. I mean, Will Myers is still a really good ball player. Eric Hosmer at times can be a really good ball player. Cronenworth can be a really good ball player. Carantini can be a really good ball player. So they've got a lot of skill. They've got Machado. They've got Tatis. They've got a really good lineup when, when everybody's healthy and playing. Yeah. I mean, of course, they don't match up with, with Bellinger and Betts yeah. and Eager. I mean, yeah. they're, they're is, like another follow. If, if the Dodgers are A-plus, then to me, the Padres are maybe like an A-minus. Yeah, that's okay. fair. Okay. Yeah, I just comparing the two, like when you compare. But yeah, that's that's a fair comment. Like Hosmer and Myers are good players, but they're not elite. You know what I mean? But compared to, yeah, I mean, compared to the Dodgers, a step below, but yeah, good point. Like they're, they're a hell of a ball team. There's but no actually, doubt. I think one thing we should talk about right off top, and I actually had this top in my notes, and it's something that Jesse introduced us to in our little chat window, the therapy bunny. And I think over the last couple of weeks, I think the therapy bunny really is a singular moment in, in the events that took place. So Jesse, maybe you can let us in the world know more about the therapy bunny. Oh my gosh. I was just watching the game and I was just you know, hanging out with this, Bonnie was in the crowd. It was huge. And this guy was, uh, it was I found a layer as a therapy Bonnie, but I just couldn't believe myself that, that there's a gigantic Bonnie in the crowd. So, so wait, just so I clarify, cause I never looked anything up on this. So is this like okay. a giant bunny, like my good friend Harvey, you know, like the Jimmy Stewart movie, or is this like an actual real bunny rabbit? Like a real bunny rabbit. It was and I guess that some, the story goes that uh, a lady in, that San Francisco area there lost her restaurant. So I guess she's going through hard times and got this therapy bunny that she carries like a, like a support dog, maybe, but right, it's a bunny right. instead. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in the crowd, it was oh, huge. This guy was just petting this bunny in the crowd all game. <laughs> it's like a 20 pound bunny. This yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. No. Oh, it was crazy. Couldn't believe it. He like focused on it for a good, like, half inning probably just talk well, how about do you baseball. not <laughs> right. isn't that isn't that you know we talk about baseball and what's great about baseball i think it's the ability to focus on therapy bunnies for a long period of it time is. a hockey game it is. we can only talk about a therapy bunny for so long before they're like you know this guy hit this guy and this shot and whatever baseball just gives you time to talk about stuff it really does that's why it's great you're right yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. The characters of the people in the audience are, are as important sometimes, or more important than what's going on in the fields, depending Absolutely. on the, you know. Or so unless you're going to bring up the uh, the scoring from third on the pop up to second base, like that. That's what I thought you were going with before you brought the bunny there. So that's you know, a couple who, times now I've seen. Who was that again? Altuve. Kuna did it, and Altuve did it, like back to back games, or right? Something like that, right, right. 
I used to love doing that. I would tag yeah. up on pop-ups to the catcher in softball because you know who's playing catcher, the worst player on the field. Yeah. And and he's the least aware person on the field too. And nobody suspects it. Nobody expects that you're going to tag up from first on a pop-up to the catcher. I never got thrown out one time. And, and there's another thing. Baseball affords you all kinds of time to like imagine a million things. You, most of them never come to pass, but you can just sit there and think this possibility, that possibility. Like I, you know, as an outfielder, I was involved in infield rundowns all the time because it's just, yeah, that they could go- come up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. For the for the round table, maybe we'll start from from my left with Jesse. What name something beyond the uh the pop-up, which were brilliant plays that stuck out to you over the last two weeks. Well, gee, how about uh Buddy there in Minnesota coming in a relief you know, late in the game there and throwing <laughs> Okay oh, I have that miles an hour. Forty six. <laughs> You were you listed it as a fastball. Yeah. Low Williams asked the deal. Two pitches weren't even tracked. They said they were so slow. <laughs> that I, I was actually going to bring that up too. And and yes, I really. But can can we? Isn't it time now? Just enough of the pit, position players oh, aren't unusual now. Like they're pitching so often to save bullpens. It's kind of boring. Other than that was pretty uh, cool. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Awesome. How many guys? I don't know. I never it's get tired of it. So often, though. Let's go to Bobby Cross on this one because I know it's a strategy. Like, Bobby uh, is a huge, huge fan of like position players pitching. <laughs> are, you, sure. are you still feeling the same way? I do. I, I still get excited really? about it. It happens I'm a lot. A massive fan of, of having a relief pitcher come in for a couple batters and then go and play left field or something for a batter and then come back in to pitch. That's your so, Whitey Herzog used to do that for the carts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of just the random stuff. So, yeah. for example, Hernan Perez, I can't remember who he's playing for. I think it's Cincinnati. He's pitched already two games this year, and he's a he's a middle infielder. Yeah. Astadio, I think, has pitched two games already for Minnesota. And he's played second base, too, by the way. We should, like, you're just like, cool. what, other, cool. what other thing can we do that he's not qualified Originally, he's a catcher too, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we saw him in Buffalo, right? Were you there, Jesse? Like, he he played in because we always see the twins for him. Yeah, well, you gotta love up there with Kepler. We saw him but a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Best catch I ever saw in my life live was Aaron Hicks, right? Aaron Hicks in Buffalo, two. Well, Jesse, and I think you were at the one where we saw JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr., make fantastic play in center field as well. You yep. get to see some great – and who was the guy for the Nationals we saw? Or Jason, Trey, Trey Turner. Oh, Trey Turner, and I said, this guy will never be a major league ball player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw Jared Worth, though, there too, right? Some oh, actual... What do I know? And you saw Sean Ochenko. John Ochenko? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, though. Even seeing uh, – somebody showed us a highlight, and it was Ryan Goins sneaking a tag at second base. And how many times we saw Ryan Goins there, you know? Yeah. Well, last time we saw him, who was he playing Playing for? Playing right field. Philadelphia, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because they had somebody else up. They had a prospect there. You know what I mean? Obviously, Ryan Goins playing right field. So baseball's great for that, too. Guys hanging on. You know what I mean? The great Mikey Matiff we saw in right field there, too, the one time. Remember that? Hey, by the way, I'm hearing some music. I just saw that. Heard that, too. So last, last, here's, let's get to the bottom of something right now. Because our last podcast, I'm hey, I knew it was coming, <laughs> and I hear, I hear like 
a game in the background. So, and Bobby and I have both figured out that it wasn't us. I know it definitely wasn't me. So we've narrowed it down to Mal or Jesse. We've narrowed as it. the culprit. And Jesse, I know, is watching the Leaf game. No, but no sound, though. It's on mute. No sound. So that leaves one. That leaves Mal or Bennett. Now, I do have a game on in the other room. Oh, my goodness. But my headphones are on. So shouldn't that... Yeah, it's not like you got a microphone there or anything. Yeah, but it should. What would, I mean, the microphone geez. shouldn't work, right? Talking through his what ears. It just work for your voice? Like your microphone's got a little man, like it's the <laughs> Flintstones? Like it's got some prehistoric bird being like, well, let that sound in because it's Mel's voice. We this know what he intends to do. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe Oh, my goodness. I am so technologically impotent. Doesn't it stop it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, we got to the bottom of that. <laughs> Bobby here. Cross. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. Let me go turn You're not going to make All right. Go ahead, and we'll talk to Bobby for a bit. Keep the, Leave it to the professionals at this point. Bobby Roundtable, what's, uh, what, what caught your eye? Uh, well, I'm looking through my list of things that I had taken note of, and there's three things, actually, just from the, the Padres-Dodgers series that I've got in my, my notepad here. And if, oops, sorry. Sorry. You good? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the first one is those games between the Padres and Dodgers were long ass games. They like, were. The one game was on till like almost three in the morning. I tapped out at like two o'clock. I'm like, man, I'm not even that invested in this game. I don't understand why I'm still watching this at two o'clock. And then they still played like three more innings. So I wanted to comment on just how close their series is. I mean, they're playing five-hour games. The second thing from that series that I've noticed, Kenley Jansen is throwing 97 again. Wow. I have no idea how that's happened. It's been about four years since that happened. But I I could probably give you some ideas. (laughs) To start the year, he was like 93, 94, and then all of a sudden he's, he's hitting 97. So I don't know if that's a sign that Kenley Jansen is finally back, but it's it's been a long time coming. So I just wanted to take note of that. Another thing, you Darvish in that game that was Darvish against Kershaw the first time. Yeah. Darvish was giving the catcher signals. And I've never seen that. Really? Um, yeah. Like he stepped off the mound and He's he was got doing so like many a, pitches. Maybe that's why. It could be. Maybe they were getting crossed up. I wasn't paying that much attention, but I glanced back at the TV. And I saw that he was like touching his nose and then touching his shoulder. And he was giving <laughs> signals. Awesome. Well, you think so, about it. He's got what, like eight pitches or something like that. Right. So the catcher could go through the signs or he could tell, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like we were talking about, you would be up to like five in the morning if, if they were, the catcher had to go through the signals. <laughs> right. She'd get it off all the time. I was just going to say, he's got like two change ups. He's got two, uh, two curve balls. He's got a cutter, four seam. Like he's got, like you said, five, six plus that he uses regular. And then he can throw eight or nine different pitches. So I didn't, I didn't think he had his best stuff that night. What'd you think? The but he second, got through it. Oh, the first game, that was a, that was a Absolutely. duel. Absolutely. That was one nothing, I think the final was. But the uh, the second game, he definitely wasn't the same you Darvish. I'm going to tell you, add one to your observations from an observation of yours that I observed. So I came to our chat window the one day and I'm looking at it and he's like, 
and I could see you were clearly excited. So it was Albert Pujols has now hit four home runs in 16 games. The year before he hit four home runs in his first 21 games. Before that, it was like four and 25. I'm, I'm probably off on this. And you had this trend and I'm like, man, is Albert Pujols tearing it up? And so I go to baseball reference and I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's, he's hitting 220 and his, his ops was awful. And I thought maybe Bobby just got really excited by like seeing a home run live and came up with some, a variation on it. I was kind of, I felt like I was raining on your parade, which I sometimes am too big of a hurry to do. But what, what spawned that, that Albert Pujols excitement there? Cause you were like, he's back. He's never. Oh, for sure. He's not back. He's not back to the 40 home run guy. I think it's just really nice to see Albert Pujols at, I think he's 41 now, still somewhat performing. Still cashing big checks. <laughs> Pretty much. The point is a good one. 300 at-bats. If you get 300 good at-bats out of Albert Pujols, and good at-bats would be like if he gets double-digit home runs. Uh, and, and the fact that he's already at four home runs. And I'm looking at his OPS plus right now, and that's at 100 even. So okay, It was at 84 the other day. So we'll see if it's, it hangs in there, but okay. So I think it's just really nice to see Albert Pujols still kind of doing something. He hasn't completely fizzled out yet. I think he's still a really strong man. And I think if he can stay healthy, I, I would love to see him keep playing. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of watching the old guys just continue to perform. That's why I had love for Omar Vizquel, uh, love for Jamie Moyer, guys like that that can just keep playing. So I just, I was really happy for Albert and I'm still happy for Albert. And I hope yeah. that there's no more raining on any more parades. For, uh, for Albert I respect, I respect that at that level of affection. And I think, and I should be more sympathetic towards it. I know Mel and I used to make a big deal about who was the guy who played to he's 46. He played with the Braves. Oh, uh, oh what a hitter. Oh. Uh, it was a shortstop coming out oh. of Cleveland. Wants him well. Nope. No, no. Um, Julio Franco. Julio Franco. Julio Franco. Nice Sorry, job. Julio Franco. Good and it, it, there are those guys from your youth that hang in there. And I think of Albert Pujols, and, and I, I appreciate your affection towards him. And I mean, such a great hitter in his day. And I think sometimes I make the mistake of holding it against his greatness against him almost. Do you know, my job, would he still have a job if he didn't have that greatness in his past? I don't know, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the great players of our generation and I should probably appreciate that more for sure. Uh, Mal, what, any takeaways? Um, I, 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 I just like, I mean, obviously I watch a lot of the, the local nine, you know, still do. And, and just curious what everybody thinks that the defensive woes that everybody's been talking about. And your thoughts on solutions or or what you would do with it, if anything. My personal take is I wouldn't do a whole lot right now. Well, uh, not, not aren't you low. concerned? I mean, the Wilner said that uh, Guerrero may break his wrist, which I thought was the most uh, ridiculous tweet. I've never seen a first baseman have his wrist broken because he has a bad infield around him. Who says <laughs> that? But at, at yeah, any yeah. rate. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I, I think Bo, Bo's struggling. And our boy JD, who I promised to shout out today, our boy JD at, at apparently has been yelling and screaming in his apartment. 
solely based on Bo's defense, but you can't change it. You got to let it play out. I mean, you committed to this. He's a guy who seems to work really hard. So I don't think you can switch it up. Biggio at third, though, you got to do I would something switch. I'd switch to and, and Biggio. And he's, it's, it's not, in his head. He can't play it. It's in his head. Yep. And and it's just not – it's just who he is. He's not a, he's not a third well, baseman. He's an average defender everywhere. And at third base below, you know, and I'd switch Simeon and Biggio if – that was an option. I'm just not uh, sure that that's kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? I think you got to look at maybe moving Biji around, but you know, this segues into a topic that I know Bobby wanted to talk about, which was about Jansen. And we, we had talked about Jansen and Carpenter the other night. Cause I, I was watching a cards game and it was like, you got to get Carpenter out of the lineup. He's, I can't he's believe dead meat out there, but oh him and gosh. Jansen similarly. And I think Jansen's worse. When you see him go up to the plate, he's out. He looks like a guy who's out and he knows he's out. I don't mind it so much when they're struggling and it's, they can't get their stuff together. It's when they're struggling and they know they're out because that's a harder hole to get out of. Like Chris Davis. That wall. There's another level. Perfect. Probably like with Danny almost- Jansen. It's just, as I've said before, there's not enough there. And I, you know, he's, Super dude from all accounts and all that stuff. Hard worker. There's not enough there in his defensive game to carry to carry that, you know, right. zero offense. And yeah. how they didn't go get a veteran catcher is beyond me. Like, like. So what do you do? What do you do? I had said to Bobby, we'll get to ask Mel tomorrow night. What do you do? You're in charge of the Jays. What do you do with the catching position? I, I make a move for a dime a dozen veteran catcher. They're all over the place. You so know you what I mean? Kirk, you go with Kirk and a veteran. Well, or I mean, Danny Jansen's not going to hit 050. You know what I mean? Like he's not this bad, but um, he can run into a few. But sure, I, I think it's tough playing Kirk even. He, he's not ready defensively. Hey, you just got to go get another guy. You just got to go get a vet, veteran catcher that can – handle the workload defensively and can possibly hit 200, you know, you're, you're Jeff Mathis type. I'm not talking about Jeff Mathis, but even when they had Luke Maley solid behind there, you know what I mean? Those guys you can find, you can find them. I, I think you got to go find one and, and, and run with them. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I sort of faded out on your answer there for a second, but then in reviewing it, I thought you said, go get Luke Maley. No, no, I didn't say get Luke Maley. <laughs> okay. That All right. Okay. Okay. That type of guy, solid defensive catcher that can, you know. At so least... just to be clear, Luke Maley isn't a Luke Maley type guy. <laughs> what Luke Maley was four or five years ago, for okay. sure. That type Back of guy. Vintage, vintage, vintage Luke, Luke Maley. Hey, the guy could catch. He was a great defensive catcher. He really was. Well, that was um, my that point the last guy. night too, right? Is, you know, what was the, what's their option? You know, Jansen's not playing well but neither really is Kirk he's not ready I don't think he's hitting primarily very well either right so yeah you know, it feels you know, really how imperfect. big is not signing Rio Muto in the offseason now kind of maybe coming back to fight him right? I we thought he was the number that, one right? guy to get yeah, yeah. he was it Marcus Simeon is boy he looks terrible yeah. like offensively he's he is out he's speaking of a guy who's out he's had some a, a better at bats on the weekend but man <laughs> he, he's he He's pulling everything, like just yanking on everything. And it's like one, two, three. It's hard to watch. It's like that year he had is an outlier for sure. It looks that way. 
Well, they got some problems too, right? Because Gurriel isn't hitting either, right? He's he's been really struggling as well. So a lot of and, holes, I think, offensively and, right now as well as defensively. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about Gurriel, but yeah, I mean, and then you run around the diamond defensively, it's a bit of a mess. Like Gurriel's not a good outfielder. No, nope. I mean, Spring Springer's just going to add so much because Grichuk's not a good center fielder. He's good in right field, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when when those. When Springer's back, never not so much. When he when he comes back, starts anyway. He hasn't come back. He hasn't been there yet. <laughs> and that I don't understand either. That's just always been a pet peeve. So you can play in minor league games and inter squad games, but you can't play in the big leagues. Like right, right. This That's idea crazy. that you got to ramp up is such a bunch of BS. It just is. It's I mean, bureaucracy. The guy's a how many year veteran. You know, it's like he doesn't forget how to play the game by not playing it for a little while. You know, yeah. you know hockey players play, don't ramp up for there. two or three weeks, right? He can get hurt there too, playing. <laughs> you know, well, most of them do. They get aggravate their injuries or whatever, like that, right? right? Running the bases or something. So, all right. So, shall we get into uh, the weekly score we, sheet? How we did this week? Yeah. Why don't we start with Jesse? How'd you make out? Uh, three and three. Uh, pretty good. Obviously, I had the Bumgarner. Uh, Perfect games. That's the highlight of the week there. Some starts I missed out on, I guess. You know, Kopech pitched really well for me in or pitched really well in real life. And I didn't get an inning out of him on this week at all. So I kind of The stumped. man with the man bun. The man right? with the man bun was just crushing it on oh was that yesterday, right? Yeah, he looked great, man. So like, two games in a row he's looked great. So I think I gotta try to get him more in the lineup or think about getting him in the lineup somewhere. So but uh, you know, three and three and I'll take it. I saw you had a great week. You're coming up, nipping on my heels a little bit there. So the guy in first place is like. He's running away. He's running away, right? He's so, running away with it. Good for him. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was a decent week for me, I think. So. Mel, how'd you do? How'd the, the mafia, the, who have long been leading this whole group? Well, we've got a tight battle with Team 5, uh, James Van Etten. He of the massive pitching staff. Uh, we had a four-game series and split it. Uh, which was really encouraging for me as I, you know, the staff I'm rolling out there is, is uh, every day is Zach Davies, who is facing the, the Braves again tonight. And it's going the same way it went last time. As soon as I walked over, there was four nothing Braves already. So well, he, you gotta hate, still is. You got to hate facing the Braves after they were dead cold yesterday. Oh, one hit. Oh, mercy. They're too good to be that bad. So. They are too good, and Zach Davies is the perfect medicine. But I went three and three, and I'm in a first place tie with the already mentioned James Bennett and then that pitching staff. Uh, so I'm quite encouraged by my results. It's, I've been carried by power, honestly. Middle of the order. Otani's been great. Justin Turner's been great, obviously, for me. Uh, my first rounder. So he, he's just had a great start to the season. Yeah, uh, and now that I mean, now that you've added Anthony Ghosts, I think I, everything will be. Right, yeah. I th- I think you know it's prospect hunting there, from <laughs> from from 2010. So <laughs> former Duke Temple Anthony Ghosts. That's there you go. From 2010. I'll take Dominic <laughs> Brown next supplemental draft. <laughs> Is he pitching? Yeah. <laughs> he, he might be. He might be he better at it. World. He might be better at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Williams asked to deal stuff. So I'm very excited about how I'm rolling, and I think I'm due to plummet to near the bottom of this division at some point. But uh, we're we're coming, and I'm coming for those cool Papa Bells this week. I got a big two games. Oh, are we playing you? Two games. Two playing games. each other. Yes. yes. So nice. you know, 
Nice. That's great. Exciting. Speaking of which. So, so be excited about the Zach Davies outing that you're seeing. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. You. You but never you know, know what? We're going to go over to Bobby now. And I have to say, I was talking yesterday. I'm like, damn it. I got to play Bobby twice. And Bobby's had like lights out. Every start I saw from one of his guys was just like lights out. And then, yeah, I, I pulled off a couple, couple wins in our two games this week. How was your week, Bobby? It seemed like you got treated a little unfairly for all those good starts. Yeah, I feel like my uh, my offense in score sheet isn't lining up with what they're doing in real life. Like uh, Steger in score sheets hitting like 230. So I don't know how – I haven't looked at his average in real life, but it's got to be way higher than 230. Last I saw, he was close to 300. Uh, so I don't know exactly where he's at in real life. But, yeah, I had a, a crap, crap week. I lost right off the hop uh, game two. Andrew, that was my, my first series was against Andrew, team number two. And then Darren and I had a really good series. And the first game went to 11 innings. And right. uh, as I was simming through the games, I can't remember. I think one of the games, I had a really big lead. And then you came back or you had a really big lead and I came back. I can't remember how it went. I can't remember now. But yeah. We, we had a, a, a seven six game and a four five a five four game and then uh, playing Jesse and I just I thought well geez I like you had thought my pitching had a really good week but it didn't work out and I'm I'm not stressing out about it my record right now is nine and 13. I mean mm-hmm. we're only on week number three yet like I had said a few weeks ago Giancarlo Stanton is gonna hit higher than a buck 70. Freeman is going to hit higher than a buck 90. So I'm not worried about it at all, but the team in my division that looks like it's just running away with it is uh, team 18. I think that's Lucas. He's 17 and five. Wow. Which is tied with team 12 in, in your division, Darren and Jesse. But 17 and five is a pretty good record. What's, uh, what's he got? What's his squad? I think he's got Tatis. I'm just checking it out now. He's got a rotation of, uh, Matt Boyd, John Gray, Kyle Gibson, Lazardo, and Mize Gallon. So he's wow. got well, Gallon. It, it got better there at the end. Yeah, he started off with. Uh, I feel know. like he's about to fall back at some point with Kyle Gibson and you know Matt Boyd, but he's got Tatis and Acuna as well. Well, that will work. That, you can <laughs> run with that. You that's, can run with that for a while. That's that's pretty special. After that, it, it, I mean, it's not that great of a lineup, but, I mean, he's got a, a hot Yadier Molina right now. I mean, that's helping them out a lot. Tatis, of course, is, you know, hitting all those home runs. Yeah, he's he's got a really good team. So, I, again, I'm not concerned, but I'm just waiting eagerly on something to click. It's a, it's a fun year. And I think one of the things you were talking about there, how many games is only into the season. I think watching it as closely as we're doing, because we're doing this, maybe this is part of the reason. It really makes me like, I'm melting down some days. I'm like, I'm never going to win. Everybody on my team sucks. You know what I mean? And then you realize, well, we'll, we'll settle down. Yeah. Uh, I've had some, some decent, I thought I had a better week than I probably, I deserved. Well, it's just, I think, frankly, I got a better week than I deserved. And I had some lucky things like Brett Anderson blew out in the first inning. 
But everybody like Spencer Turnbull came back, had a nice start. Jose Urena had a nice start. So all my guys that came in the game afterwards, KK, Kim from the cards picked me up in a game where the starter got smoked. Guys, things that scare me is watching Louis Castillo. And I'm like, when did Louis Castillo become a sidearm pitcher? Like all the, the vertical action on his pitches has kind of been like just decimated by the fact he's throwing sidearms. So yeah, it's still the same velocity, but it doesn't have the same movement. And that's why his ERA is like, it's not, it's not working. No, <laughs> so it's far. not. And I'm like, how am I noticing this? And somebody in the, you know, the Reds organization isn't saying, let's look at this video from two years ago. And let's look at this video from this year. Uh, you know, you got to make some adjustments, but I've had some good, decent things like Matt Olson's heating up. Yon Makata's come around. Kyle Lewis came back to face the Los Angeles Dodgers lineup, which is an unfair way to come off the DL, I think, uh, that rotation. But I have some good things. But, it, you know, when we look at our division and how tight it is and how good everybody is, like that, who's that? Who's in first place? Is it Desmet? No, no, he's team eight. It's uh, team 12 is David, I think. Yeah, David. He's got a pretty good team. He's got Walker Bueller, Bundy, Woodruff, Woodruff's obviously carrying him, and, and Dustin May as well, right? Yeah. He's got a pretty good rotation yeah. there. Dustin you know? May, man. And Pitching cool. can carry in this thing, right? So. Right. And he's got some decent offensive players, right? Cronenworth, Hosmer, he's having some pretty good starts. Flesher. So he's got a decent offense too, but pitching yeah. really, I think, has been probably keeping him we're winning a lot of games right there. So, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun start to the season. It has been. And my division is so strong. It's like you just keep looking at those rosters going. This well, there's a good happen. topic. Like we'll get to the supplemental draft in a moment, but we should talk about how tight Major League Baseball is overall. Right? No, it is. All right? Like, which is better? Right? To, yeah, great. Which is so much more fun, isn't it? Or like it's better. Kansas City. Jesse pointed out. Kansas look City's- at who's in first place in every. Every division in the L. Although Oakland, hey, but by the way, one second. This is a, a Mal Romanin bet check. <laughs> because one of your, uh, well, well, you were talking about betting against Oakland. 0 6. 0 6. I was like, I wish I'd have done it. And I'm like, I'm happy I haven't. But my, my, the, two, the two I did make, I made one small one just for my own personal pleasure on a Jays under. I, I think that's. What is it under what? I think they need to win like 80, 87 games. 86, oh, that's still going to be. It's a percentage. I mean, so it, we'll see. I mean, that was just, that was just one I always have to make. And uh, the one I did make was on Darren's suggestion of the Rockies and they fired their GM today. You know, so, so far so good with that. <laughs> but uh, um, the one I wanted to make right at the start was the Pirates over. How about those pirates playing so well? But uh, it is a long way to go. Oh, it's and it's so go. tight. Like I think it's going to come down to runs. Like I can see the Jays going on a run at some point here. Like I, sure. I really feel like they're due for a run and for some things to go right for them. I mind you, I can't give them any kind of slack on. Oh, we have so many injuries. What happened to your sports science no. department? You, you guys been saying oh, your high for, performance. Yeah, it's your best, high performance right? department for five years. Like well, we were going to institute this, and it's going to impact. We're not going to have so many injuries. And now you're sitting around saying, I can't believe how many injuries we're going to have. Yeah, me either, because you said that wouldn't <laughs> happen. But right. Now, you also, in general, you can't throw a hundy every night and expect the body not to break down. You Absolutely. know what I mean? So, Merriweather already, Romano, like, to, to be surprised by those things, I think, is kind of foolish. 
you know what I mean? But so to, to expect everybody to get healthy again, I don't think that's yeah. ever going to happen. I just think that's what you signed up for. So, but uh, yeah. So what, what were we talking about well, in the first place? We're going to move Our on divisions? to the uh, to supplemental, <laughs> to supplemental draft. So for the uninitiated, we pick 35 guys. Well, we had 13 coming in. We pick another 22. Generally depends on if you trade draft picks or not. And then incrementally every month or so into the season, you draft another couple players. So we had our supplemental draft with the remaining players uh, just last week that happened. And I think if we're going to talk about picks, we got to start with, with Mel Romanen. Yeah. All right. My, my, my horrible pick. I went to sleep and I had Anthony Ghost on my list from the, the actual draft list. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Oh no. And like, so that's how I ended up with Anthony Ghost. So I'll, I'll, and I'll your first pick one. was so, was Paul Fry from the Orioles. That's a good pick. Lefty. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, honestly, if I'm going to do anything, which I'm probably not, it's going to be via the bullpen. You know what I mean? And our boy Webb can't be my only guy that I'm trotting out there against lefties. It's so, a sports guys. Uh, I was been better, by the way, since Bobby gave me the, you know, the overview of he's been a lot better since that time. So fortunately. Um, so shout out to our to our Cardinal there yeah so so there you go so bobby that's kind of bobby's picks i know he he uh he frustrated jesse and passed along a pearl of wisdom from his grandfather to jesse to try to make him feel a little better about jed lowry that was your first pick right bobby yeah i don't really trust cesar hernandez right now and christian arroyo in boston is my backup at second base and he's he's a backup and Jed Lowry's knocking the ball everywhere. And he's I, last I checked, he was sitting over 300 still. So to me, he was the best offensive player still out there on the board. And he's starting. So why not? Nice. Yeah, I was upset. That's for sure. <laughs> I tried to make a trade to move up as a problem. I knew he wouldn't last to me, right? So I tried to move up in the draft all day. And, and of course, he and Bobby get him. It was just, oh, <laughs> I feel I lost a bunch of players to him all through the draft and my own stupidity by letting him Franco and everything else. So, see. <laughs> who was your uh, Who was your second pick, Bobby? Uh, JP Fireisen. Fireisen. Oh, did you pick him up from Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, nice pickup. I've seen him pitch. Uh, He's good. I was looking at him and Rasmussen. I've watched Rasmussen pitch for uh, Milwaukee too, and they both throw hard. Yeah. I, I just. Rasmussen's a little more immature in terms of his development, I think. Yeah, and he's he's still way down in the in the depth chart. Um, but you had mentioned Justin Williams to me for St. Louis. He was my next option uh, if I didn't want to take Fire Rising. Justin Williams, he's he's got a little bit of playing time right now, but I was really stuck. I didn't really, I mean, we mentioned it in the previous podcast where time is an issue, so I didn't have a lot of time to sit down and just start looking at all these relief pitchers that have locked five innings. So pitchers. many. I just Any, went with a reliever that I've seen pitch and I need relief pitching. So that was him. Yeah. You almost have to get lucky and run into a guy where you're like, wow. Right. Jesse, who, who were your picks? Yeah. And you end up making a, a trade. So you got yourself an extra pick in, in this two pick segment. And then in the next one. So who are your three picks? Yeah, like I said, I was trying to move off all draft, and I wanted a, an infielder, and I, I, don't know, I was 
losing innings there. And, and Altuve was was on the COVID list. See, he's coming back now. But right before, I guess I picked, I I saw Horner got called up too, so that was helpful. So I went in a direction. I picked Mitch Moreland with my first pick. It's a nice pickup. Uh, yeah, I felt he was the uh, you know, only bat really left that would be playing every day and. And you hope, as Bobby mentioned, with all his guys, so you hope he kind of bounces back a little bit and it's a bit productive as a left bat on the bench. And then I went uh, with a friend of the show, Cesar Valdez. Yes, you, won the draft, you won the draft there, right there. there hey, wait, 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 wait. I mean, I wanted Anthony Ghost, just the problem. He was, <laughs> <We have> to, <laughs> he was teed up next. And, somebody asked Mal if you knew Cesar Valdez because he was in a Jays organization. I did. I did. That's is that why you got such a love affair with him then, too? You like him so no, much? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, our communication wasn't strong, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> yeah. as, but um, I, I saw him pitch some really shit innings for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, yeah. And it was the same. It was, But he was starting then. He came Whoa. in as an emergency starter because we didn't have guys. So you just grab him <laughs> off the scrap heap. And he's throwing that slop up there. And eventually, I mean, you're trying to go five, six innings. Yeah, it's not right, going to work. Right. But... I, I just love the role he's in. I love that the Orioles are doing this. And, you know, in a day and age where you just trot out 95 to 100 in that role, maybe doing this, you got something different that is going to throw guys off. You know what I mean? And it's so far, it's kind of working. And I just, yeah, um, kind of enjoying watching it. I, I really, yeah, well, I wanted him because, you know, as you talked about earlier there, it's fun watching the players you draft on an actual baseball, right, and see how they're doing. This gives me a reason to watch him. You guys talk about him so much. I got to right. I gotta check him out in person now. And by the way, Matt, Matt, last I checked, the Orioles and Matt Harvey were dominating the Yankees tonight. It was 8-1 Orioles. Wow. I just like, oh, Yankees, Harvey, Yankees is, struggling oh, up, man. Oh, oh It's kind of fun, are. though. Who's kinda your fun. third pick, Jesse? I picked uh, Dar- Darren Ruff there. I needed a right-handed bat. And I was really struggling on my bench. I had no righty bash. Scope has been hit and terrible. I've, you know, Nunez is designated for assignment in that last couple of weeks there since he got called up. I got excited last episode from getting called up, and now I'm in the dumps again because he got designated. So They gave <laughs> him no chance. They gave no, him no, no chance. So obviously Hinch, Hinch never liked him. No. But by the no. whole – the way this went, so. So, like, I needed a righty back of the bench and I thought he was a pretty decent option. I think mean, he's platooning yeah. with Dickerson there in San Francisco who you know, talk about teams or surprising teams, San Francisco, my goodness. So they're pitching, they're playing really well. So no, that's my third pick. And quick, I, quick correction before Darren goes, my bad. It's two nothing Orioles. I looked at something bad, but Matt Harvey's given up one hit. So still, still pretty good. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. So I made a similar trade that, that Jesse did and I ended up getting Husker, you know what, with my first pick from the Braves, mm-hmm. which, you know what, you know who he's exactly like if you watch him? Nate Pearson. Wow. And people would be like, Without the oh, hype. my God. Without the hype. He, he, I mean, he's a year younger, but the fastball is is a, triple digits a lot of time, but it's pretty straight. Like, a, that's just the reality. Uh, his off-speed stuff can be good, but isn't always good. So he's, he's a roll of the dice, but... Atlanta, I really like the way they handle pitchers. I figure if, it, like, if Atlanta believes in them, I, I'm pretty good with them as well. But I, I think he's – I say he's like Nate Pearson, but in the realistic version of Nate Pearson, not the right, right. you know uh, unicorns and rainbows version that, that Jays fans tend to look at him with. <laughs> My next pick was Pavin Smith because I needed a first baseman slash outfielder, and he's not a starter. 
he's not a great hitter. He's he's a remember when Jays had like Lyle Overbay and 70 guys, 70 gingers. It was the all ginger team. Do you remember that? I do. The, that's he would fit in nicely with that team. That's that's where I think he's like a Lyle Overbay guy, which is doesn't that's not aiming that high. I don't know if he could play defense. You could like do Lyle worse Overbay. than Lyle Overbay, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Defense played center field yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> you know what, Arizona's. But you know, talking about changes to baseball, uh, Suarez playing shortstop for Cincy, and if I'm a starting pitcher, it's like, come on, man, give me a real shortstop. I know that's true, but it's ridiculous. But my third pick was actually the guy I was most excited about, but I thought I could wait on, and that's Chris Rodriguez from the Angels. You were and excited. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this guy pitch, but. His fastball is just jonesing all over the place. And it's not 100. It's 96, 97 mostly. But my goodness, that ball has so much life. It's Aaron Sanchez, like, in terms of having so much life. He's only 22 years old. And the Angels obviously thought highly of him to have him up ahead of a lot of guys I would have thought would have been up before him. So, yeah, I mean, pitchers are pitchers. You never know how to work out. But talking about running into a guy while watching a game and you're like, whoa. I want this guy. So he was one of those little lucky finds, I think. We'll see how it plays out. I think we've talked about pretty much everybody else who's doing really well. If, I don't know if anybody's got the league up. We've mentioned it's Kenneth DeSmet in our our division. You've talked about the Vanette in your division. Bobby's talked about the guy. What about the division where neither of us are, no, none of us are in? Uh, I think that's Byers, team number seven. Right. Yeah. Shut up, Dorn. Byers. He's got Kershaw. He's got Means from Baltimore. He's pitching really well. What a nice. He he's he reminds me of Ryu Light. You know what I mean? Yep. His changeup is just so impressive. I love watching that guy pitch. He's also got Flexen, the guy that caused what's his name to leave the league. Yeah, <laughs> Badu, the Badu uh, for Flexen deal. Yeah. Um, Flexen, he's got Plesak, he's got Carlos Martinez, he's got Domingo Herman, um, who's in the minors, and he's got Mike Trout. So, speaking of the uh, former commissioner, how's he? Do? How's his team? Middle of the pack, I think. Is it? Is it? They're bottom dancing all the way to the middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get into that because I've that there's so much elements to that. The end of our commissioner's tenure yeah i don't know much of it so we'll just I, 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 there's yeah, no no need this to, to, yeah there is not we are not a controversial unless we're talking about rasmus sundin sandine <laughs> uh, so you mel you one of the things you want to talk about was lineup yes, questions like how often do you change your lineup i'll t- I'm gonna tell you you're talking about being hyper sensitive early in the season because of this podcast i've made tons of changes all over the place but i've also had so many injuries and so many COVID things that I've had to kind of try to figure out stuff with pitching. And I, I like tweaking a little bit every week. I'll tweak it every week. Maybe it's just one guy moving up, one guy moving down on the bench, but I like tweaking depending on what I see. You're a tweaker. I'm a tweaker. Jesse, what, what are you with the lineup? I typically don't alter it too often. I mean, maybe I'll make a change after a few weeks if I up and down the, like a, the batting lineup or whatever, but typically I usually keep my, my rotation the same. If a guy gets hurt, it just goes right down. I just kind of plan how I set up my, my bullpen and have my starters kind of coming in in order of how I want them. So really if a guy gets hurt or misses a start, it'd be the first guy up in the, the bullpen there as a starter. 
I think you should leave it the same most of the season. So I'm not a tweaker. I'm not a, I don't go crazy and kind of alter based on week to week. So I just kind of let things ride out and see how it goes. Bobby? I don't make many changes. Uh, I've had to make a few. I mean, Joe Ross, I had buried in my lineup. So I had to get Joe Ross flip-flop with uh, Ponce de Leon. But other than that, I haven't made many changes at all this year. Uh, normally, I, pr- I pretty much keep the guys the way they are. I mean, when you've got a lineup that has guys like Stanton and, uh, and Seeger and, and Harper and Freeman, you pretty much just put them where they are and just leave them. Because I mean, you do have you do have more pitchers than usual, which begs the and this is a new thing for you, I think, in terms of sheer quantity of pitchers. And it's a problem I always struggle with, is it feels like you have to kind of figure out riding the wave with guys more than if you only had a few guys. How have you felt about that? I'm not used to having this many guys, uh, like you just mentioned. I'm looking at my rotation right now and there are three guys that have stayed in there steady. I've got Bauer, Lopez, and uh, Kikuchi has stayed in the rotation. Ross has been bumped up, and Oviedo has been bumped up, even though Oviedo isn't even on the active roster for St. Louis. But I'm hopeful that when he is on the active roster, he's going to pitch well. Uh, Waka has been bumped down. Gant has been bumped down. Merrill Kelly has been bumped down. Trevor Williams is at the very bottom. I've got Ponce de Leon in the on the who's your Who's your four and five guys in your rotation? Uh, right Ross, now? Ross and Oviedo. What did Gant do wrong this week? He hasn't done anything wrong. I just I like what Ross has done as as an overall this year, as opposed to what Gant has done over his last start. Okay. Because um, Gant hasn't looked as flashy as he did in spring training. Gotcha. Um, and Waka has just been kind of all over the place. He had a really good start in his last outing, but before that, Waka hasn't been very good. So I'm still getting used to this whole pitcher thing. Normally I run with like seven or eight healthy starters, and then I, I just kind of wing it at the end. But it's kind of strange right now to have like nine or ten guys I can put in there to start a game. So I'm probably just going to fly with like Bauer, Lopez, Kikuchi staying in there. And then if somebody – it's a bit of a hot streak. I'm going to sub him in, but I don't. I don't like to touch my lineup very much. Mal, you, what, what's uh, your feeling? Well, I've changed it once. I just I needed to get. I know Anthony Ghost. You had to get. Yeah, yeah I had to get him in there just in case. I moved Escobar into the lineup versus Lesties Eduardo. He didn't. He didn't hit well last year, and I'm like also. But he's his average isn't high, but he's hitting bombs left, right, in the center. And it seems like every hit's an extra base hit. And I wanted to get him in there. I actually did not have Otani in my rotation to start the season. I mean, he was so brutal last year. I just wanted to see where, and I, you know, fair enough. And he doesn't pitch that often. It's not like he's taking an every fifth day approach. And then after his first start, I'm like, yeah, he's going into rotation. I took Griffin Canning out. Yeah, I just... Watching. I could tell by your message to me on uh, Twitter. Well, I've seen enough. <laughs> you were of the tired starts. of Griffin Canning. Well, I've yeah. seen enough of the starts. Just, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot special there. So I, I bumped him down. I what was I going to say? I had a point to make there. Dang, what was it? I'm trying to remember. So, so that's what I did. I made some small adjustments there. And I, I oh, my question was this: Do you look at your starters and? look ahead to the schedule and see who they're facing and change it accordingly. 
So I've thought you about know, doing that. you know, guys facing, you know, the Orioles twice or something or whatever once. I, I wondered how in depth you get with that. I've thought about that. First, it just seems like a lot of work. That's <laughs> like how many schedules am yep. I going to look at? Yep. I go by. It's like Bobby and I were talking because he watched the game where Kim pitched for the Cardinals. And that was a start where I was like, oh, okay, cool. He he seems to have found his game. If I see my pitcher's got his game and yeah. he's not pitching in Colorado, if I don't know he's pitching in Colorado, like Nola pitched in Colorado this week, which sucked, I, then I'm, I'm putting him in there and forget about the schedule because I hate being burnt by mm-hmm. a guy I believe in not being in my rotation because of who he's facing. And I don't know. Like we're talking about the parity in the NL and the AL right now. There's not a lot of softies, and there's not a lot of like, of, oh my god, they're gonna have to face that lineup, right? Okay, well, yeah, I don't either. I don't either, really. Like I said, I keep my rotation typically the same. I maybe look through the week going, like, oh, I got you know, Sanchez starting against Miami, so that could be a pretty good week for me, right? But I don't alter the lineup based on who they're pitching against. You, you got Sanchez in your rotation. I do now, yeah. Kluber was just getting lit up. I had, I couldn't have anywhere near my lineup. So Mal, Mal was saying that Sanchez was hitting like eighty-five in his last start. Eighty-five to eighty-nine. He pitched five shutout innings. Yeah, he, he hit he ninety. Was, was his top, I think, twice. I think when I watched that, that's, that's a concern. That is a concern. But his, but he's locating it pretty. He's not walking guys, which is right. what I think is the difference, right? He was overthrowing. I think sometimes hitting ninety-seven and the ball be going anywhere. And now, he was throwing all his pitches, which was a real concern yeah. towards the end of his Jays run there. Right, right. Um, so I know I think every time I've watched him, I think he's been pitching pretty well. So he's getting ground ball outs. You know, nothing's getting really hit hard against him. So I've been pretty impressed. So I got him in there right now. I'm obviously waiting for Thor to come back, which might be you know make things a little bit different for me. But the one, the one thing I noticed too, and I, I want your opinion on this. I noticed how many teams in our leagues? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Well, half of them, literally half, have a closer. Bobby has one. Mm-hmm. We don't. I'm I'm curious of your thoughts on that whole strategy, Bobby. Why do you Why do you have one? What's your thinking? I've always had one, and I don't have the guts to just fly with anybody closing a game for me. So, I I literally just picked the guy I thought would have the best year, and I threw him in as my closer. So that's that's the only strategy. I picked the reliever I thought would have the best season. And he's probably going to stay in there until he blows up. I personally don't like wasting the innings. The, the closer won't go in unless it's in a closing situation. So you, you you may never get in the pitch all week just because you're not in a closing situation. So why waste your best reliever on on being a closer when you can utilize him throughout the week? And then really, the only time you, you might ever need a closer would be for the playoffs when games are tighter, theoretically, come playoff time. So those one nothing games and two one games, you're using your best picture to get that guy out in the closing situation. But that's I, and that's sort of aligned with the modern kind of baseball thinking, to a degree in terms of get them in there when the, it's the the high leverage situation. But I do see the thought. I could see it both ways. I think there's no right answer, because right. I I sort of align myself with what Jesse used to do. I I started doing that in one of my other leagues before. And then when Jesse was doing, it, I was like, you know, this actually makes a lot of sense to me, but I do think a lot of times kind of what Bobby does makes sense to me because you want your good starts to be all the way through to a win. 
And sometimes I think I might use Kimbrel or somebody in a game that I lose by four runs. And I don't necessarily want that to happen. And then not, and then who am I looking at my fourth or fifth reliever to come in to close out a game later in the week. So I think there's pros and cons both ways. That's my take. Score sheet is so wishy-washy. Like you could be up by five runs and all of a sudden, if you don't have a closer listed, they'll just throw your, your best relief pitcher just to be out there with the five. You don't have any other innings. Yeah. So it's wishy-washy like that. They'll just throw some guy out there. I don't understand how the, the relief pitcher thing really works, but I find that it, there's really no control over it. I think a lot of it has to do, Bobby, with how you sort of set the, the bullpen and, and, and sort of organize them, I feel. Even with, like, what inning they come in at and, and, and stuff like that and your hook numbers. It comes a lot to play with that, to me anyway. So, like, typically, I, when I organize the lineup, I'll have my starters at the top of the bullpen to come in in the first inning and usually give them high hook numbers because I want them to come in and mop up duty. So they come in early in the game within innings one to three, for example. They're just going to pitch for a while because they have a high hook number. Where if it's my best reliever, they don't come into the seventh inning. And then I'll have them ranked first. So it'll be the first guy to come in after the seventh inning if I'm in a situation where I need my best reliever, essentially. But typically, if you're getting your mop-up pitchers or your your middle relief guys coming in early, then you're getting blown out already and have to come in based on hook numbers. So. I, I just find I, that is the part of the game that's interesting. How you manage the bullpen, you know, that, with your hook numbers, with the earliest enter innings, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think one thing I did, I know I've got to look at again. I looked this week and I've obviously got some of my player ranking numbers wrong. And I got to like for pinch hitting and things like that, but just for, because I had a couple lineups, chance Cisco's hitting fifth. I love them. And I'm like, I don't want that. You know what I mean? And guys lower in the order that Escobar was hitting ninth, you know? And I'm like, Always freezes with his mouth open. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, you always freeze in the same look. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's like I always feel like I should stuff a donut in there or something. Uh, Carrot. Mel wants so, a donut. We got to make a like a <laughs> gif out of that. Mel wants a donut. <laughs> so anyway, I'm doing something wrong with the 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 pinch hit numbers or something that it's impacting where they are in the lineup. Is so. Cisco in your lineup or is he like on your bench? He is on my bench. I actually have Kirk as my starting catcher because catching to me, obviously the defensive stuff's not going to translate in the score sheet. So I want his bat in there theoretically to start the year for the max, max plate appearances. You know what I mean? And then Cisco knowing that Kirk won't play every day. Anyway, Cisco's going to play as well. So um yeah, I've obviously got something wrong there that I've got to adjust. But, uh, Typically I don't even have guys like, like Cisco's, I don't think he hits primarily well. I don't even have him in even on my bench because what would happen is if you need catching innings and Kirk runs out of them, they'll just go right to your taxi squad and pull a guy up. That's so, a good point. That's a good. So that point. way you don't even have to waste sort of having him on the bench and having him as an option unless you don't have any innings. So then you just build your bench based on guys who are decently good at hitting, and then the taxi squad can just pull them up if you need innings in a certain position. Smart, right? And they'll probably the be tip. at the bottom of the lineup too. Yeah. yeah, typically in the bottom of the lineup, and, and not having him a, a number beside him because then he's going to come in in a situation. You probably that's, don't want uh, to that's, that. that's the podcast pro tip of the night right there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Got a boy, Jesse. So do you want to you get into Jesse's jalopies? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Sure. 
no theme music this time. We're still working on that. Still working on that. Oh, okay. Mal, Mal did the theme music last time. He did like yeah. a car pulling yeah. up. You're right. I, I, I got to come up with something. That's right. All right. Okay. All right. So starting things off here, I got uh, the great white sock, German Mercedes coming out of nowhere and leading or being a top five in OPS right now. Are you buying is the hype or are you walking away? Bobby, you want to start? I'm really quickly trying to load up his his stats on my phone. Uh, <laughs> he's currently hitting 414 OPS of 1.118. I'm not buying that. I'm looking at his minor league numbers, and he had one year where he, he had a good year in the minor leagues. I mean, I guess 280, 290 for a catcher is good, but one year where he smoked the ball. I'm not buying it. Um, he's not going to keep up this pace. He can't. Yeah. Speaking of catchers, I think he's played second base as well this year for the White Sox. <laughs> yeah. Defense doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it's not. What's the old Ron Washington, Billy Bean thing you always uh, reference? That uh, it doesn't. Yeah, like, base is easy. Yeah, it's incredibly right. hard. Tell him watch how hard it's, it is. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. <laughs> that was that is the great line. There's uh, I'm not. I'm walking away on that one too. I don't know a ton about him. He's compl- I, I I knew this year was going to be going to have some wild guy walk-ons on the on the MLB stage. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's here to stay. He's just too. He's 28 years old, right? I think, or something like that. And it's just so out of the blue. Good for him if it is. Love it if it if it is. But he's going to have to surprise me to do it. Yeah, you have to walk away. It's that exceptional. And there's not enough plate discipline, I don't think, to, to maintain it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but like you say, that's what's great about baseball, especially early in the season. Things like this happen, and it's it's a great storyline. Yeah. Jesse, are you? What, what are you doing I, with that one? I want to continue shopping, I think. Is that an option? I, <laughs> you know, I just... If you're walking away, you're still walking away. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I may not think he hits over 400, but right. know, okay. I, good, I, good guess. I've, I've watched is... a lot of White Sox games, and I've actually been kind of impressed in his contact. He's been yeah. he's hitting the ball pretty good, so I don't know. I think he can maybe be a story this year if he maintains it long, on long term. Maybe not. So. Speaking of White Sox games, did anybody watch that uh, Boston Marathon game, the 11 o'clock one, where Giolito got lit in the first inning? And second, no. I, he had nothing. Like it was just there was nothing there, and you're like, wow! It's just amazing how. I wonder if the cut on his finger that he's got now had something to do with it. I guess he said he was trying to open the bottle that he thought was a twist, but it's actually a pop off and cut his finger. Oh mercy! Yeah, jeez. All right, we'll move it on anyway. So, uh, so the prize surprising starts in base. So we talked about it earlier, but Kansas City, Boston, and San Francisco. Are you buying their starts right now, or walking away? I'll, I'll take this one to start. I am buying the Royals and selling on the other two. Hmm. I think the Royals in that division are going to be able to maintain being competitive. Um, boy, that singer kid can throw. I, I just love so watching So much him. movement. Oh. That game against the Jays, eh? It was something else the other day. I watched uh, that game like a week or two ago, I think, right? Just Jeez. undid them. Oh, and I, I just like what they can do up and down the lineup a little bit in that division. I don't, I don't see how the Red Sox are going to be able to maintain that. Can they hit? Sure. I don't see the pitching really 
being able to maintain it much there. And the Giants are just going to get overrun, I think, in that division a little bit. You know what I mean? That's just my take. I love the Giants. I love the idea of the Giants being better. Uh, Posey and Longoria, uh, come on. There's a lot of great stories there, right? Even there's guys like Dickerson and Slater – and there's this whole bunch of veteran guys who kind of kicked around a little bit and obviously have, have battled through it. And the pitching staff is made up of, you know, you got Disco out there, you got Discolfini, you got Aaron Sanchez. It's like the land of misfit toys, right? Like who can't root for the land of misfit toys? Yeah. But, I, you know, I think by the end of the season, you know, the kids are going to get up in the morning and be like, man, where the hell did I get this? Uh, what was I, This would have been such a great job if I could remember one of those toys. What was the, wasn't a Jack in the box. What was it on the land of misfit toys? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. They're going to wake up with some crazy toy. Well, and be when, like, yeah, that just ain't, well, that ain't my problem. Well, when it, my yeah, bag. you're looking at Raggedy and all sitting there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not going to fly today. All right. So that's I yeah I'd have to walk. Who's the other one? Kansas City. That division Boston I think is pretty open. Boston I think will fade. I, I don't. It's just such a god awful mix of things, and they don't seem to want to compete that badly. Right, right. I, I think they'll fall down. It's it's that's completely a, a mirage in my opinion. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, I would think that Kansas City's got the best chance of the three of those teams to make noise. So. Kansas City, I would buy Kansas City. Boston, I feel like that division is all over the place. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore won that division. Like New York. Whoa. Whoa. Stop. Stop one second right now. Baltimore? I I wouldn't be surprised if they went on an an Oakland A's type streak and all of a sudden Boston's, or sorry, Baltimore's in a running. Because yeah. Toronto ain't running away with it. New York isn't running away with it. Tampa Bay's not running away with it. Neither is Boston. So anybody <laughs> could win that division. Darren, for the sake of Bobby's reputation, can you edit that part out later? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If he's right, he's the damn first guy who said it. Because I don't even think they that got a line. The I don't even think thing. they got a line in Vegas to win the World Series. Well, right now, they're only four games back of the division. So you've got uh, Tampa's two and a half back, Toronto's three, Baltimore's four, and they're tied with the Yankees. So they're not out of it. All right. Well, it's noted. It's, and they're beating the Yankees table. tonight. No. 2-1 right they're now. Beating so. the Yankees tonight. There so you Jesse, go. Jesse, what are you thinking I'm, on those? I'm walking away, too. You know, I think it's it's been pretty fun to see them, all three teams, be kind of leading their divisions and – I just don't think San Francisco can hold up a full season. They really don't have an offense, I don't think. Their pitching's been really good, but much like Boston as well, they're, they're going to break that eventually. You can't ride Sanchez and Eovaldi and those guys all season long. Yeah. And I think that the Central's just a, a pretty decent division. You know, you're just kind of waiting for teams like Minnesota to wake up a little bit, right? Like, what's going on with them? I don't, you I don't think really Eovaldi might have been like the forerunner of the modern – kind of ideal starter a guy who was thrown a hundred in Florida when he went to the Yankees, he's thrown a hundred, but couldn't maintain it and just kept breaking down and breaking down. And he got, you know, he had that sexy one postseason, but yep. you're not going to get much more than him tapping into it for a couple months stretch here and there. But by and large, it's interesting to think about that, but yeah, you got is. one more Jesse's job to go. 
And I got a special one at the end, actually. But oh, just you got an update. a bonus. A bonus jalopy. A bonus jalopy. Yeah. Right. yeah um, anyways, before I start, though, now it's 5-4 Atlanta and 4-1 Texas. So your pitching staff isn't uh, – 4-1 Texas? 4-1 Texas, yeah. He just gave ah, up a bomb. The Gallo. Otani. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. Okay, oh. so with the start the Yankees have had, Aaron Boom becomes the first manager fired this season. Whew. Bob, you want to start? Sure, I'll go with Boone getting fired. The Yankees don't like to sit on managers very long. I mean, if you go back to like, what was it, the 70s or 80s when Buddy got fired like 16 times? Billy Martin. Billy Martin. Yeah. Uh, and I then those days. And then after that, I mean, they had Joe Torre for a while because they had a really good team for a while. Yeah. But the last 10 years, I feel like they just kind of struggled and they're desperate they're desperate to win now and i think aaron boone might not last it's hard to say i mean depending on their record if they keep losing like this for sure i could see at the halfway point yeah i think boone will get fired you so, think we ever ask any questions about brian cashman a bit of this has always felt like it's been an act of brian cashman's vanity that he's decided unilaterally to pare things down and do things his way. And he's kind of chiseled here and chiseled there. And I feel like some of this should be on Brian Cashman. Absolutely. It should. Absolutely. They've never really in the last few years done much with the pitching staff that the Yankees should do. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of maybes question marks coming into every season. It seems nowadays with them. Yeah. I mean, obviously they got the high end at the top, but it's like kind of, using some tape and you know what I mean? Hoping it kind of works like, Oh yeah, this guy could be good. Oh, if Kluber's back. Oh, if the, you know what I mean? It's like tie on like the Yankees aren't supposed to do that. Other teams are. Yeah. They should have with the Padres did this year and it was able to grab all those guys, right? They basically built a whole rotation by trade. I think this year, didn't they? Right. It's impressive. I don't think Boone will be the first fired. I'd sell on that. I, I think, uh, there is patience there, and I think with some of the issues Boone faced health-wise, I don't think they'll do that. I think somebody else will get fired before Which, Boone does. You know what I mean? Let me let me reference hockey one time to think of like because you're talking about he had a health issue and they probably be reluctant to fire him, and it made me think of this great line quote unquote from Bobby Clark, which is. It's not our fault he got cancer. That was the greatest line. That's right. But I somehow Roger think, Nielsen, right? You remember think, when he fired Robert Nielsen? Oh, Roger Nielsen, he's like, it's not our fault he got not cancer. Unbelievable. If, Only Bobby Clark could say that. Yeah, I don't think that's coming out of Brian Cashman's mouth. No, no. But, but no. it's a great line. So I don't know. Uh, now, the question is, I'll let you guys can answer that too, but, but I'll, I'll further go to who is the first, if it's not Boone. Who would be the first? So who's the first, Mel? Uh, oof. Um, you said you're going to go there, so I assumed. Like we're not. I don't even think we're going to let you drive off a lot with the jalopy anyway. Because just. You <laughs> said, well, I got to think about that. Okay. Well, you said you seem to be leading towards. That's a good question. I don't know. I posed it. I didn't have an answer. I got to think about that. Answer the question. You answer the question. Darren, you answer the, answer the Aaron Boone question. Yeah, I think he'll be the first fired. You do? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I do. What about well. I think. Uh, What's that? What about Montoyo? He's, he's been taking a lot of heat. 
lately. Ah, he's their boy. I don't know, he's barely a manager. Like yeah. I, that sounds mean, but I don't I don't think I, he, I he's in charge of much other than just being like the clubhouse kind of hey, come on, buddy. It's not so bad. I think that's pro- <laughs> probably that's his whole job description. Just walk around and say this, okay? Hey, buddy, it's not so bad. Like, I don't mean to be down on the guy. I'm sure he knows a lot about baseball. He's been around for a long time. But I don't think they let him do much of anything in terms of, I don't know, the bullpen, the start. I think almost all that stuff is choreographed, which I think is a bit of a weakness of the organization. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'd be a bigger weakness if everybody else wasn't doing it too. So... Okay, my last, my last Jalopy here, after the great score sheet draft picks of all time, Anthony Ghost <laughs> pitches one inning in baseball this year. Will he pitch one inning in baseball this year? I'm going to say yeah. affirmative. I say yes, he will. <laughs> yes. Uh, everybody's pitching an inning this year. That's right. So, yeah, I'm buying, That's like, right. I'm buying Ast- like Astadio just pitched an inning, right? Like he could pitch more. Yeah. Like, it's not like the So, uh, yeah, so they're, they're moving guys in so fast and furious. Like, who was the guy up for the Dodgers last night? Clevenger. Yeah, who? Clevenger. It was like some knockoff of Clevenger. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know what I mean? Like, we got our own Clevenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, he's throwing 97, 98. But just, like, they're just throwing guys out there because they're, look at San Diego's using eight pitchers a game. You don't think they're going to suddenly start tapping into like just about anybody like the janitor. What are you doing tonight? Don't push that broom too hard. I think think there's a more likely scenario that Anthony ghost gives us good innings than the Orioles win in the American league. (laughs) That was, that was the prediction of this whole podcast. If you listen to nothing else, Bobby had the courage, (laughs) courage. Yeah. Let's say courage. Courage. Baltimore (laughs) Orioles. Like if he's right though, that's the win oh. of a lifetime. Oh. Like you got bragging rights forever. Like we, he could do a zillion done things from here to eternity. And then whenever we criticize, you'd be like, remember I was right about the Orioles that year. I, like, I yeah. might immediately go online and throw $10 to, for the Orioles. Just, just to say, I, I could not live with myself if they won it. And I did not take advantage <laughs> of that wisdom. What <laughs> are the, because there's not even a line. I don't think there's a betting line. Oh, I'm sure there is. Somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll, 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 I'll find it. Sorry, we're we're going to put say $10 Bobby? on it now. In the honor of the score of the podcast, all of us put $10 down. Yeah, to right. That's right. It's like yeah. a Matt Cooper prediction. <laughs> a shout out, shout I mean, out to Matt that's, Cooper. That's, that's a great, it's good enough reason way, for me. Good enough reason for me. We're kind of coming <laughs> to the end here. And one of the things I thought last couple of weeks, I think I mentioned it, is there was one game where I was watching somebody walk around. I was like, man, I miss in the summertime. You know, we'd have a game at like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And you throw your baseball uniform on. I, I miss putting on a baseball uniform, oh, walking greatest. through the summer streets, Thorold, down greatest. to McMillan Park, a beautiful park. And, and I thought when I saw the last uh, Jay Bruce retired yeah. and I had seen him a couple games before and I was like, you know what? He wants to do it. He knows what he wants to do. He just can't do it. And that's that's rough, isn't it? Yes. Comes for all of us, those, those yeah. last moments. It really does. I, always, I do like talking about the shift, how people say, you know, if you don't outlaw the shift, guys like Jay Bruce wouldn't have had a career. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> like, that's, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, somebody else would, you know, I, I'm not saying that's true, but people talking like that. So Trent, Trent Grisham last night. Bobby, did you tune back into that game last night? Nice yeah, bluff. 
uh, the 10th and 11th inning. Okay. Trent Grisham was up at some point there, and he had the whole left side of the infield. Trent Grisham is an amazing athlete, and you're like, you have a free base. You have a free base staring you down. All you got to do is just put your bat out. Like, I know they're all home run centric, etc. but damn it, man. How can't you lay a bunt down for a free base? Is there like bad form they consider too? Like, didn't no. Kobe Rasmus do it a couple years ago? And, and well, don't shift. Like, oh, yeah, well, that was that, that? Like, that, who was it? That was Texas number Texas. one. Anyway, yeah. Colby Rasmus is one of the best bunters I've ever seen. He really was. He was excellent bunter. He just didn't do it enough. You know what I mean? Well, he should have because he didn't do anything else enough. Uh, right, <laughs> right, 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 unfortunately. But, uh, you yeah. know what? Another one, because we got a few minutes here. Guy stuck out to me, and Bobby had him. Kevin Gossman. Ke- I, there was three. There was a day where I pointed out three great pitching matchups. It was Gossman versus your boy Lopez, Bobby. Bauer versus Snell. And Cole versus Bieber all turned out to be to live entirely up to the billing. Amazing starts. And I was thinking about Kevin Gossman, and we talk about pitchers all the time. If you had Kevin drafted Kevin Gossman in like, I don't know, 2014 when he was like number 10 prospect for baseball prospectus, what a wild ride that would be. You would have got a couple decent, okayish years, some not so good, a couple, oh my God, awful seasons. You wouldn't have lived through it. And right, to get to this point, you know, you know, seven years later, where he's like, wow, Kevin Gossman looks great. So any regrets about not sticking with Kevin Gossman for the last seven years, Bobby? <laughs> a little bit. I couldn't have stuck with him. It's been a bit of a carousel with my rotation. I wouldn't mind having him right now. I watched him the other night against Lopez and he was, he was hitting 97, 98. It was, it was looking hard. It wasn't just that speed. It was looking like he was throwing hard and he was, he was looking really good. And he's, he's pretty much the ace of that rotation right now. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I, I definitely regret not having him right now over Merrill Kelly. Good park for him too, getting out of the AL East yeah, and Cincinnati. So he had some couple tough, tough slots there oh, in good, the pitching. Right? So good pitching parts. What's left? Oakland, San Francisco. Yeah, she's San Diego, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, San Diego. How can I? Yeah, it's not a long list, that's for sure. Do you want to hear my one gripe for the week? <laughs> Got one. Can't gripe. Wait. I don't <laughs> think. I think if you're a slap punch a Judy hitter. You shouldn't. You should be limited in the amount of gold chains that you can walk out into the field with. Like Jonathan Camargo, somebody should stop him before he goes up to the plate and say, "Not with that swing. You're not having 17 chains on. We're gonna have to take off 16 of them and leave you with sure. the thinnest one." You gotta work your way up. Yeah. yeah. So just we'll take that. You go up and and get out right now. But I saw Jonathan Camargo and I'm like, what is going on? Like John Gant. I mean, he's got a lot going on, John Gant. But at least he's being effective with his one big gold chain, which I don't understand. What is the history? I would love to know the story of the history of that giant gold chain and John Gant. But but do you, that's my gripe. Do you guys feel me on this one? I I want to start a list of baseball rules for Darren. We've got the goggles. Oh, it'd be we got the goggles. We got the chain. Long hair. Long hair. Yeah, long hair. And I think I agree with them. Like the, I like where you're going with it, but the, they make for a great – 
Hey, by the way, point. a counterpoint to I know stuff is Zach Allen had sport goggles on yesterday. Uh-oh. Amazing outing with sports goggles. Wow, I don't know is, how it works. when days are numbered. We'll see. I mean, maybe if you add them later, there's some sort of caveat there. I, I don't know. Hmm. Just got a few minutes here. Anybody else got anything they want to throw out? Mel, you got a gripe? You got a gripe. Well, I, here's the gripe I, I've been asked to discuss, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for the next one. But JD sent me a note, and he says, I really want a robot ump rant from you. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I think maybe for the next one, we can uh, we can bring a discussion about robot umps because I'm pretty passionate about it and, uh, um, you know, like any opinion I have, obviously. It's but, a shame uh, Bobby changed his opinion. Bobby and I had a bit of a back and forth, not in a bad way, but we had a good debate about it. I think we explored the the different versions. Let's talk about that again, because I find it a fascinating topic. And I wonder, and I think the thing I love to chat about is how much does that square being on the TV screen influence what we think? Well, I said to my son yesterday, and we were talking about it, and it's like immediately, that wasn't a strike, or that's a strike. And I like, what happens if we get rid of the box? And I'd like your thoughts then, because they're completely different. You know what I mean? Why do we need that box? I don't think it enhances our enjoyment of the game, you know? And I, I don't know. I, I think that's something I'd like to discuss at a little more length on the next podcast. Yeah. And we'll give, we'll give Bobby more of an opportunity to express. Cause I think he yeah, has a it's, more it's take on it. It'll take time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd love to hear that too. Bobby, you got a gripe. You got a gripe. You want to throw it? We get everybody gets one last gripe here. we got a couple minutes. Well, I've, I've got one. Thing that I've, I've had a gripe about this year so far that's been driving me nuts and it, the past couple of years with baseball is extended rosters happen in September and you see all these kids come up to the big leagues and you've got a roster that's got I don't know what the limit is like 30 35 guys on the roster I don't know and that is when your starting pitchers are running at 100% your, your aces are throwing 110, 120 pitches effortlessly. And you've got all these guys bogging down the roster. I think it should be reversed. I think in April, when you're building up your pitcher's strength, your starting pitchers are throwing 70, 75, maybe 80 pitches for the first couple starts. And you're taxing the hell out of the bullpens. And I know the Cardinals have gone through this, partially because the pitching wasn't that great. But there's been other teams that have gone through it too, that they're starting pitchers. They're lucky to get through five. And then you're going through a guy in the six, a guy in the seventh, a guy in the eighth, a guy in the ninth, and it's game after game. So why not have expanded rosters in April when your teams and your pitchers' health is relying on it? Protect your pitchers' health, your, your product, and let them build up slowly. I'm not asking for a 30-man roster. Just maybe a couple extra guys on the roster in April. And then in September, if you want to have a couple extra guys, sure, why not? But to me, it seems kind of unnecessary to have all these guys bogging down your roster at the end of the year when, I mean, that's when teams are tanking, right? If you're in last place, you're not trying to win any games. So you're going to throw these 21, 22-year-old kids out there. Let's stop that from happening. Let's get these kids out there to help your team when they actually need it at the beginning, help people's health, and the hell with throwing guys out there at the end of September. It's interesting. 
Mel, we only got like a minute left here, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. that's. I'd like to discuss that too on the next one. Jesse, you get two gripes next one, and because yeah, Bobby's okay, yeah. Bobby's thoughts, I think I, I like some of it. I also have some concerns on other issues. Yeah, but I'd like to discuss. Interesting it. idea. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk. Chuck it out for next week for sure. Talk, talk yeah. again in a couple of weeks. That was a pleasure, okay, guys. Bye. Thanks. Made okay, my day got it. better. Okay. See you. Take See care, you guys. Thanks again for for tuning in and checking out the podcast, especially you, Justin Drummond, if you listened all the way to this point. We love and appreciate you. See you in two weeks. Take care.